what's going on, you guys? What's happening, man? It's the 14th of December. It's Tuesday. And I'm just hanging out, man. It's Tuesday. I always say it, the date and what, what, what day it is, like you guys are in trouble, you know? <clears throat> That's how it feels. Like I probably should quit saying it like you're in trouble. It should be more like, Hey, everybody, it's Tuesday. This is the Mattress Factor. I'm freaking happy and we're going, you know? It's a, it's a positive day, you know? I mean, I guess maybe I should probably... No, no, I shouldn't do that either. What about if I went... Uh, no, nah, anyways, I'll figure that out in about a year. Uh, okay, it is 14th of December. I am in the Mattress Factor, dude. I'm Matt Simons. I'm a cook. I'm a football guy. And I like football, and I like cooking. So, those are the things I'm into. If you're into those things, well, uh, you're probably not. Not very many people are, really. Football's only an American deal, really, you know. But, man, I do love football. So, on this episode, I'm going to talk about a quick little deal on, like, the history of football. How it started, you know, like... Who started it? Who is this Walter Camp guy? And where where was he? And what, what where you know? How did it start? What year did it start? Real quick about that, and uh, just a little bit of the crypto, and a little bit of the NFL, and just a little bit of the you know this and that. So if you if you think that sounds all right, stick around, man. Let's go. So in the cryptocurrency world, well, it's crazy. It is a wild ride in there, and if you don't like it, you got to get out of there. If if you want to hold on for a long time, that's a good idea. That's the only advice I know. The only advice I know is I know if you pick around five of these coins that I can tell you about, you know, some of these top dogs, uh... You're, you know, you're going to, you're going to be fine if you just hold on. It's uh, all, all stocks move up and down. Crypto just moves crazy amounts down and crazy amounts up and, and some kind of, you know, well, they all go, they're all really down. They're all very, very down. A couple of weirdo new coins are, you know, are the only ones that are up and, and then those will come crashing down soon to, 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 to reality. But uh, you know, it's crazy. Solana, I believe, other than Ethereum, which is the second biggest, there's Bitcoin's the biggest, then there's Ethereum. And then, so I have Ethereum, I have Bitcoin, and I have Solana. That's my, that's what I, and I think Solana might be the future. I think it might be, uh, you know, uh, more, more useful than Ethereum, possibly in the future, in a few years, because it's so much cheaper in the gas fees and the transaction fees and what, whatever you want to call them. So, uh, and it's also much faster. Ethereum's just gotten so big, it's hard to, it's expensive to, to do these contracts through Ethereum. So, so it's just something along those lines to where it's just made it slow and expensive to, uh, for NFTs and whatnot, you can do it on Solana a lot cheaper and a lot faster. So that's how uh, Solana, I think, is down, at, it's at down at 150 yesterday. And man, I swear, if you bought one of those for 150 bucks, I in in 2024, I would, you know, I I would, um, I would bet, I would bet that uh that that 150 dollar investment in three years is worth three grand to seven grand, 
three to seven thousand dollars that 150 bucks will be worth at the most i mean at the least it'll be worth you know 1500 bucks i doubt that though highly doubt that so anyways, that, that, that's what I think, but that, that's enough of that. The only other thing I'll say about uh, is Dogecoin, man. It went all the way down like the rest of them, and it popped up 20% overnight. And so, uh, I don't know, you know, there's some people that are just watching this and watching this and moving money around or putting it in when it, they think it's getting ready to pop up, and they put it in, and then they, boom, they already sold their Dogecoin this morning and, and made their, their 20%, and, you know, you can't get that at a bank. All right, uh, so I got that going for me, which is nice, and yeah. Now, on this day, Mr. George Washington died, 1799. And uh, Virginia, um, his family, he's from Mount Vernon. That's where they have a big family, like, vault uh, up and against this hill and his his coffin is in there with some other with his brother and his wife and some other people kind of a trip um man the dude had eight, 800 slaves Whoa, man that's just so weird so weird anyways when i was visiting my friend gina williams in in brooklyn she well, while I was in new york and scott's uh uh, took me over. We went over to her house, and we're hanging out on the roof. We can see, you know, Marilyn Monroe's old apartments and apartment, and we can see the the Statue of Liberty and the Hudson Bay up the river of the North. And I mean, it's incredible. You can see everything from there. And she was pointing out when we went downstairs, and we, we took a walk all through Brooklyn Heights, um, and she was uh, showing me that where, well, at the end of her street uh, is basically, I, I think, where George Washington had his camp, where he fought in the Ameri uh, American Revolution when the Brits came in. He fought them right there, and they were just getting crushed. And so I guess he made a move by saving their lives by just jumping in. They retreated or escaped or whatever into a boat and headed on over the Hudson River to Manhattan. And I don't know what happened from there because I don't really know very much about history. Uh, but I do know that uh, I learned a little bit that day with Gina. And so, yeah, that son bitch died uh, today. He was six foot two and he was a stoner. So this game of football was started with uh, some guys from England came over with rugby and they were from Essex and, and, and London and they brought over their game and kind of started playing it uh, in the East Coast, you know, by the in the Rutgers University and all of those sort of Ivy League area there, that Northeast uh, coast and area. And so these... Um, guys were were playing basically playing rugby but a little bit different i think they were they were playing just a little different calling it football and first game was in the 18 is in 1869 Rutgers versus princeton and so that game was being played with the london rules which is essentially rugby and they were smashing each other uh, a little, a little, a few, a, a lot of injuries, a couple people dying every year, every year. And then it started getting, they started changing the rules a little bit more to be a bit different. And guys were starting to get hurt more. 
and more. And so uh, in 1895, they had the first pro game, the first professional football game, and the Cardinals were in that first season. They had the same helmets they got as I saw last night on TV. Honest to God, they're the, they're the longest standing franchise. They've been to Chicago, St. Louis. Now they're in Arizona. There was one more they started, though, I think, in D.C. But they are, 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 are Portsmouth or Pennsylvania, maybe. Anyways, they, uh, they, uh, have the same, they have the same logo on the side of their head. These little leather helmets, you know. Uh, and so anyways, that, then when they first started getting helmets, they've had that same logo. I think the Cardinals are cool. They got pitch white helmets with a, with a bird on the side. That's it. No stripes, no fricking. They didn't add, you know, glitter and black around everything or whatever. It's just, they, they stuck to the basics. Anyways, the, uh, in 1905, 19 people died in one season from football. So a guy had just graduated from Yale named Walter Camp. Walter Camp um, loved football, and he was at Yale, and he started, he became uh, really into football, getting into the rules, jumping into meetings, and all of a sudden he was, he was basically writing rules and changing the game because it needed to get changed. People were dying. It was way too brutal. A lot of people were getting paralyzed. They were having them get like 18 yards back every play. They'd have one guy and they'd pitch him the ball or he'd, know, he'd, run, he'd run towards the line of scrimmage and then they'd hand off the ball to him and he'd have this big old run and start and he'd just smash into people. Brutal. And it, it was awful. So they started changing the game and uh, he put the line of scrimmage in there. said, you got three plays. And then you can to, to try to get five down five yards it was, and now it's ten, but it used to be five yards to get a first down. And then you have to give the ball up or, or kick it away. He he started that. He started the, the touchback. When you do kick it, you bring it to the 20-yard line. Uh he he thought of all of these different rules, change a game, a lot less injuries, and no one was people quit dying. So Walter Camp, by 33 years old, became the the, the father of football, they called him. He's still known as uh, the, the father of football, the inventor of the game. And so, yeah, it stemmed from, from rugby and a little bit of soccer initially. That, that, that's what it was initially. It was, a, it was like rugby, but they kind of had a little soccer into it. These guys that came over initially had this idea where they would, it wasn't going to be just rugby. It was a bit like soccer and rugby. They were going to make up their own sport, you know, and they, they did, but people were dying. So they changed it uh, in 19, um, so, in, in, so in 1907, the, the league started. They had 10 teams already, uh, you know, all on the east, east Coast, of course. And it was 100 bucks a team to get in. That's how much it cost to get into the league. Then in 1920, the Native American Jim Thorpe, who, won the, who also won the decathlon in the Olympics and is just known as one of the best athletes in the history of our nation, uh, and the only one who was a Native American, Jim Thorpe, just a damn legend. I think he's from Oklahoma. Uh, but the Packers came in in 1921. The Bears came in in 1922. Those teams and franchises are real close to each other. Uh, in 1929, a guy by the name of Pop Warner started kids football. So kids started playing football, and then, uh, but but all the way back to 1902. So before pro football, of course, they had 
college football. And in 1902, they already had some college games. There was uh, bowl games like the Rose Bowl. So they had the Rose Bowl uh, in 1902 because they had started playing football on the West Coast in the late 1900s. I mean, 1860 over there, 1880-something, started playing at you know UCLA and some of these schools, I'm pretty sure. I'm not positive on that. I'll have to catch that uh, info. So, um, But the, the Brooklyn team was called the Dodgers. They also played at Ebbets Field. And, um, yeah, the first televised football game was actually in 1939. I didn't know they – I know that most families weren't getting TVs until, like, the 19, 1953, I thought, you know, but apparently I'm wrong. So, But maybe that was uh, – I know they used to have – they would like do those uh, feeds, you know, where they would have, they would show it in one spot in each town, like boxing matches. I think they were doing that. That might be what it was. I don't think everybody, I don't think the average house just had them until late 40s, early 50s, but hey, all right, there we go. I don't know that. Another thing I don't know. But this Walter Camp dude was, they became the head coach at Yale from 88 to 92. Then, um, he moved over to Stanford, became the head coach at Stanford in 1892 to 1898. Walter Camp, what a legend, man. He's the guy. He also got hired by the U.S. military to uh, to train the servicemen in World War One to get them more fit. He had this he had this program, you know, and so he grew up in New Haven, Connecticut. And I believe that's the pizza capital of the nation right now. Um, he went then he went to Yale and New Haven, Connecticut. I uh, that's where Kate, that's where Kate Bres Bres lives. Bresnahan, I think is how you say her name. Anyways, um, if I get her on the show, I'll have to ask her about uh, about uh, Walter Camp, what she knows about him. She probably doesn't know about him. Anyways, that's about my uh, that's my shtick on on the Walter Camp. But football has been a part of my my life. My dad's been a football coach for 65 years. I was just texting with him this morning saying, man, dad, maybe just retire this this next year. Let's just start traveling and going to see museums. Let's go to Canton, Ohio, where the NFL Hall of Fame is. And the, let's go to museums. Let's go to baseball games. Let's travel. But I grew up on a football field. Scott and I did. I played every year. I was his water boy. And then I played for him. And then I coached for him the last few years. Uh, I take my chef suit off at two, go coach, come back, put chef suit back on, then go home and uh, watch some game film. I was doing that for a couple of years as a special teams coordinator for my dad. I'd never coached before, but just wanted to be around him more. And watching my dad coach as a head coach at every uh, every practice was incredible. My dad is so passionate about it. He's so good at it. He could have coached at any level, but he was a family guy and wanted to stick around town and had a very good setup here, and he's the winningest coach in the history of the San Joaquin Valley at any level of football. That's my dad, and uh, he is uh, what we call a legend in this town. He can't go anywhere without somebody uh, at Walgreens on the other side of town or at the movies or at the market. doesn't matter what side of town. He'll see somebody will be like, Coach? or Tim, or whatever, and they'll be like, hell yeah, what's going on? Hey, now I remember you, Robert. Now you're the guy that, uh, boy, remember that? We ran that pass play against Madera. You had that touchdown. Boy, I'll never, you know, like he remembers everything, more than the kids, more than these guys that played for him. 
often. Uh, so yeah, he, he, uh, and it's all because he was a football coach, but not good football coaches. Aren't just football coaches. You know, he was a leader of men and, and, and he got, you know, and, and, and more women are starting to play. It's not that it's a pretty barbaric sport, but, but it's, but, but my point is that my dad taught a lot of, uh, kids how to become better people you know how to become a how to become responsible for what you're how to be be accountable have some discipline you know you got to be at practice or you don't get to play if in my on my dad's team if you missed one practice that week you weren't playing and so you're at least not going to play the first series or half or to be you know uh you know it doesn't matter how good you are you had to that was my dad built unity and teamwork and you know, if you can't work with other people, you know, things are harder in life. You got to be able to do that. That's what my dad taught. So anyways, uh, it has rubbed off on me. I feel like I'm a pretty good uh, coach and leader in my kitchen. I try to be. I'm working on it every day. I'm still trying to get better at it. That's for sure. I got a long ways to go to be great at it. But that's what I'm trying to do is get better at my thing, you know. Uh, all right, man. So... Got that going for me, which is nice. So the Bermuda Triangle hasn't eaten anybody up uh, in a year, but in 2020 it did eat. It eat. It ate 20 people up. They disappeared on some ship. But before that, it was 2015. There was two uh, crazy incidents where people went missing. And then in 1980, somebody went missing. That's it, though, you know. Just four incidents since 1980. Uh, but if you look back all the way to Christopher Columbus was saying in 1492, he saw all these crazy lights and shit right before he, right before he hit shore there. Or not right before, but uh, before he landed on, on, I forget the name of this uh, spot he landed on. But it does date back that far. But nothing's, you know, only uh, not very much. Four things in my lifetime have happened uh, that are weird at the Bermuda Triangle. So I thought that was pretty interesting. No, I'm just kidding, but it is. Uh, what about, uh, there's a guy named Zion Williamson. And he was going to be the next Michael Jordan, LeBron James, whatever. He Nike gave him five hundred gazillion dollars a couple of years ago when he came out of high school. Or no, he played college. He played at Duke. He was a big shot. He's a great kid. He's good. He's been a great guy. He had a good family, and he's you know seems like he's very respectful when he talks and everything. But he always kind of looked like he was kind of on the verge of being chunky. Well, he's been in the league now about this is about his third year. Hasn't quite panned out. Well, you know he's amazing sometimes. He can. He looks too big to jump that high. He dunks. He can dunk the hell out of football, out of basketballs. I mean, he's one of the best dunkers in the history of the game already. But he's, uh, but he looks like he's a football player. I mean, he, his butt and legs and everything are big. But so he's getting bigger, and he doesn't seem to be caring. I think the owners are giving him shit, but Zion just keeps eating. A lot of food, and maybe he's not working out as much because, man, I saw a shot of him yesterday, and he looked wider than ever. He's a big some bitch, and the owners and teammates, and they're, they're starting to wonder, like, what's going on with Zion, man? He never really panned out to be that next guy. He still could, but kind of funny. He's got the best name, though, Zion Williamson. Seems like an amazing name. He's an amazing kid, and he doesn't give a shit. 
So my next episode will be on Friday. Uh, I'll have my friend Aisha from Turkey on. She's going to call in. It's going to be pretty awesome. And uh, we're gonna t- I'm going to ask her about food. And I'm going to ask her about... Well, I mean, if you want me to ask her anything, just write it on my Instagram uh, post that I'll do about this particular episode. And, um, and I'll ask her. She's super, uh, she's super cool, but her and her family have been making clothes, uh, in this, it, man, it's a cool, she's got a cool story from a cool family, uh, she's lived, uh, grew up in Ankara, um, and I believe she's living in Istanbul now, or she's at least working a lot in Istanbul, I, um, and so, but, uh, um, so anyways, Aisha's very cool, and so I'll have her on Friday, don't miss that, and then, of course, on Monday, the 20th, I'll have Miss Zia McCabe, Miss Amy McCabe from the Dandy Warhols, and um, and so yeah, man, the episodes are are coming up are going to be pretty fun. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks for tuning in. I'm the Mattress Factor, dude. I'm Matt Simons. I like food. I like George Harrison. I like sports. I like coffee and that kind of stuff, man. So. Uh, in case you were wondering, you know what I mean? All right, you guys, take it easy.